Um, we were a very, very different business back then to what we are now. And I came on as the first ever graduate trainee. My job back then was to, to be out there in the marketplace trying to find candidates that, um, that weren't actively looking for a new job and that weren't registered with, with any other agency. Welcome to another episode of Spotlight with James Taylor. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking to James, the CEO of McEldowry Recruitment and Retention Specialists. We're going to be focusing on how his family inspires him and how having a background in sport can really help with your recruitment. Trying to give McEldowry something unique in a very competitive market space. First of all, I do a lot of... Career. My name's James Taylor, um, commonly known as JT. I'm the chief executive of McEldowie. So back in 97, when I, when I joined, I was the fourth person um, on board. Um, we were a very, very different business back then to what we are now. And I came on as the first ever graduate trainee. My job back then was to, to be out there in the marketplace trying to find candidates that, um, that weren't actively looking for a new job and that weren't registered with, with any other agency, which university it is that you're going to go to. Write down a passionate list, work out what it is that you are passionate about and most passionate about, and then follow that passion. You know, I did start out 23 years ago when we were a four-man band. I am now the chief exec of a business which has got 60-plus staff. The road over the last 23 years has by no means been a smooth one, and I do think that loyalty is an incredibly important characteristic. The grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. Um, so, so I believe that if you are going to join an organisation and progress, you do need to show loyalty. You need to show an awful lot of endeavour and hard work and bounce back ability. But ultimately, if you do set your sights on the top job, if you do continue to meet the challenges and bring solutions to your boss, as opposed to problems, then you can achieve what it, whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. We, we've been advising people for, for 27 years. I've been advising people for 23 years that if you've got two, three, even four job offers sometimes on the table, look at more than just the money, the package that they're offering to you. Look at the relationships that you've built throughout the interview process with the line managers that have been interviewing you. Take note of what your gut instinct is telling you about the way that your personality matches the value sets of the organisation. Don't just be led by the dollar sign. I believe sport's incredibly important. I actually refer to recruitment as office sport. My dreams when I was, when I was growing up was to be initially an Olympic swimmer. And then my second dream was to be a professional cricketer. And unfortunately, I wasn't good enough for either of those two things. But, but I think that those two things taught me an awful lot of life lessons, actually. My dad, my hero, I remember used to take me to every swimming session, whether that was at 5.30 in the morning or 8 p.m. at night. And if I didn't train hard enough, he would stand on the side and give me a right rollicking because he was invested in me. Yeah. And he hated to, to be getting up early and, and watching his son not putting 100% yeah. in. So I think you learn a lot from that, actually, is the effort side of things. The cricket bit then gave you the lesson of teamship and that actually winning as part of a team is a lot more fun and makes you an awful lot happier than winning on an individual basis. 
and actually the, the power of the team. You don't have to have the most talented individuals in order to be successful. But what you do have to do is have a strategy and then be able to flex the tactics based on the situation that you find yourselves in. So I think cricket has definitely taught me a heck of a lot about business life, truthfully. And therefore, as a result, yes, anybody that does have a sporting background, when their CV hits my desk, I, I definitely take a deeper dive into the CV and I'm much more likely to invite them for a first interview. In life and in business, and certainly in the early part of your career, if you are prepared to outwork everybody else at your level, I'm not by any stretch en endorsing here that everybody should be working 60 hour weeks when they first start their career. But if you're prepared to outwork, outpassion everybody else at your level, you're gonna get ahead inevitably. I think the, the recruitment industry has had a reputation over the years for, for being an industry where you only get ahead if you're prepared to stick in 60, 70 hour weeks. And I think COVID has been a, a massive turning point. M many of the people in, in our business have been very successful still working from home. And I think flexibility and focusing on outputs rather than on inputs. Organisations that are strict KPI businesses that just focus on the hard work element without taking on board the ability element, which is the output side of things, are in danger of being left behind, actually. 18 months ago, um, we, we went on a bit of a journey. We redefined our culture. And our culture now, we actually have, have branded um, chief executive of your own desk. It's CEO of your own desk. That's what you join when you come to work for McEldowie. And what that essentially means is that, that it's about performance. And it's about performance at a, an achievement and at an output level, as opposed to performance at a graft and an input level. And as such, we are, we're empowering people to take ownership for their own performance levels. And as such, it's really built that level of community and teamship and, and the culture has gone from strength to strength to, to strength as a result of that. Moving forwards is, is trust. And I've been here for 23 years. Never ever has a single piece of communication gathered as much momentum as the email that I sent on the, the day that we locked down. And I sent an email to our staff because everyone was a bit uncertain. We were all a bit uncertain. We were all a bit scared, weren't we, in March? And I sent an email to staff to say, schools will be locked down. I don't want you to worry about childcare. Look after your kids yourselves. Do what you need to do. So to have sent that email, which was don't stress about the kids, look after them, because I trust that you will get the job done, just took the pressure off of people. If you've got leadership that trusts that you are going to get the job done, it takes the pressure off. And ultimately, people have been more productive in the hours that they've had. I think the biggest trend that we're going to see as, as an industry is the rise and rise of um, the temporary or the interim employee. Businesses that pre-COVID had strategic projects that they needed to do will still need to do those strategic projects. And I think as a result, what we'll start to see is very highly skilled senior interim um, candidates having a, a plethora of opportunities that they can that they can go for. And I feel very fortunate, actually. You talk about leadership teams 
And I believe that I've got an amazing number two. In fact, I don't refer to him as my number two. I refer to him as my number one and a half. James Stewart actually recruited me into McEldowie. And, and so he and I have traded through um, the Twin Towers, financial crash, mini, mini crash that happened as a result of the terrorist attacks, through bird flu, through SARS, through swine flu, through all of these things. We, we traded through the financial crash, which was... Um, it had a huge impact on, on our industry. And inevitably is that experience of that two and a half to three years, which we have drawn on this time around. Yes, it is unprecedented. We definitely did not see this coming. But I think that that level of experience allows you to um, look at the world through what the data is telling us, which is something that we refer to an awful lot. But actually, I think the big strength for James and myself and for McEldowie is that we can then use that data to inform what our gut feeling is telling us. In order to then ride the wave of the recovery, you've got to be swimming ahead of the wave. You can't ride the wave of the recovery if you're behind it. And I think those that, that win are those that have this kind of insatiable curiosity. And I think curiosity is a really important part of a leadership team. If you are always learning and if you promote that continuous learning culture, that when a crisis happens, it actually allows you to speed up the innovation from within. I have always been that, that innovator. Make sure that we have got our house in order, that we're going to be safe, that, there's, that we reduce all of the risk. My job is to be sticking my head above the parapet and looking out six months into the future or three years into the future. We have pivoted, we've innovated, we've listened to what the marketplace wanted, and we've developed our retention service offering. My two biggest role models in life are my mum and dad, both working class, both worked so incredibly hard when I was a kid growing up, both sacrificed a heck of a lot in order to send me to, to private school to give me a great foundation in life. Both best friends. A guy couldn't wish for a more inspirational set of parents and, and they uh, remain my inspiration to this, to this day. My main motivation in life is to, is to not let them down, not let down the sacrifices that they made in order to give me a great start. I've always had a, a medium to long-term outlook, um, both in my own life, but also in my, my my personal life, that is, but also in, in my life as a, as a business leader. I think there is a, a formula. We're bringing it to market, essentially, as part of our retention services. And, and I believe that that formula is something that we refer to as VMOST, which stands for Vision, Mission, Objective, Strategy, Tactics. I think in order to win, you need to have a, a vision you need to be able to answer the why. Why should somebody follow you? Why should somebody go and swim 10 extra lengths every morning, every evening in order to, su to succeed? If you can't tell the story, if you can't envision the vision, then the, the, the sustainability of long-term success is going to be harder. I think people that chase short-term adrenaline hit wins ultimately struggle to get out of that short-term viewpoint. The formula for sustainable success has to be 
about setting the vision and then working backwards into what you need to do today in order to achieve the vision. Recognition of success, certainly during this COVID-19 spell of our lives, has been one of the most important things that a business leader can do. Given that none of us had a clue what was going on in March yeah. or April, and you know, we, we've, we've run a chief exec forum on, on a weekly basis. I attend a weekly gathering of recruitment chief execs as well. So there's two weekly meetings that I either, or we either run or, or I'm a part of. And I think one of the biggest learns has been that actually recognition of what people have achieved on a day-by-day or a week-by-week basis is incredibly important, given that most organisations are operating materially below what their pre-COVID sales were. So you've got to find a way to tell people that they're doing a good job because everybody is doing a, a, a good job, a better job. And we've all got that stress of, what's the point of this at the moment? Or certainly we have had. Things are beginning to improve. Yes, they are. But I think that we must not forget this lesson that COVID's taught us, which is celebrate small wins. It's important to celebrate small wins. Because actually, when you look at the way that sports people talk about their successes, they talk about the process. Mm -hmm. They are all drilled to Mm -hmm. talk about the process on camera. It's not about the output, it's about the process and it's about those small elements of what they do that lead to winning. I guess the biggest setback until 2020 was the financial crisis. The the learns from the financial crisis and the banking crisis we've applied to, to COVID as well, which is that any setback, any crisis, if you look at it through the eyes of a pessimist, could be the thing that kills you or kills your brand or kills your business. But if you look at setbacks through the eyes of an opportunist rather than an optimist, then every crisis, every setback has opportunity that exists alongside it. You've just got to be able to see what that actually is. The setback in 2008, 2009, 2010 was essentially that the organisations, companies, recruitment budgets weren't just slashed in half, they, they were just literally slashed completely. Yet we took market share back then and we managed to not just maintain our price point but actually increase our price point by doing more for our customers than we had ever done before. And it was a little idea that really gained momentum. The idea began because so many candidates back then at senior manager and even director level were being made redundant because every business culled people every business made redundancies and those people that for years we'd been on the phone to every day as an industry not at McElderry but as an industry we've been on to these people every day going got any jobs got any jobs were then made redundant and looking for work and so I developed a, um, a LinkedIn workshop, which we ran on Tuesdays and Thursdays from six till eight o'clock for the best part of two years. And it was called How to Promote Your Personal Brand Using LinkedIn. So we took our time to coach hundreds, if not thousands, of senior managers and directors 
on how they could optimise this social media platform, which many were very cynical about in 2008-2009, and how they could utilise that to promote themselves in order to network more effectively, in order to ultimately get another job. If you take the opportunistic or the optimist viewpoint, there are definitely opportunities out there in order to be the best version of ourselves as human beings, to be the best version of ourselves as, as organisations. We have, have as a business, we have pivoted, we've done something pretty funky, which makes us unique. There are 40,000 recruitment agencies in the UK. That's twice as many as in the whole of America. So actually differentiating your brand is a difficult thing to do with 40,000 other agencies. But as a result of COVID-19 and the hard work that myself and the team have done, we are now the only recruitment and retention consultancy in the UK. That's a pretty cool thing to have done in what is possibly the biggest setback any of us have ever known. The word unprecedented is the most used word for a bloody good reason. But from a personal level as well, I believe that I have made this setback work for me. I'm a single dad. Being a single dad and a chief exec is one of the toughest gigs that there is. I used to feel guilty leaving work to go and pick up Eva and Charlie from school. And I do the school run, the pickup, on both a Tuesday and then every other Wednesday. And I used to feel really guilty about going to pick them up. The setback of COVID-19 has given me the freedom, because we're concentrating on outputs and performance, to do the scoring in the morning, to do the scoring in the afternoon, and never feel guilty again. Because the investors in McEldowie trust me to get the job done. My chairman trusts me to get the job done. As a result, I have spent much more quality time with my two amazing kids, which in my opinion, makes me a better human being. So that completes this episode of Spotlight With. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and we'll see you really soon for some more episodes.